Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team Hi, it's episode 31, season 4 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast My name's Jav, joining me this week Host of the first time, long time podcast, Aaron Wolf from Boston. Hey, Jeff. And Tottenham fan, vlogger, Chris Cowlin from Chelsford. Hello, how are you doing? Good. Right, um, what a week for Spurs. Um, what a week to be a Spurs fan, indeed. Um, that's what, 14 matches now unbeaten since since um, since losing it at the, at, the, at the Etihad back in December. Um, a gritty performance, should we say, yesterday. Um, job done. Chris, um, come to you first. You were there at Stoke. Um, it, was, it wasn't quite the 4-0 performance that we've become accustomed to in the past at Stoke. No, and, and to be honest, at the start of the game, I predicted a 2-0 win. Um, I know a lot of Spurs fans were saying we're going to win 4-5-0. and five nil. Um, I thought it would be a lot more difficult than everyone expected. Um, Pochettino um, called it a solid performance. Um, you've just called it a gritty performance. I, I tend to go with you more than him um, on, on, on that. Um, we won the game. That was the most important thing. It wasn't the performance everyone was expecting. It was a very, very hard game. Poch made quite a lot of changes. Harry Kane come back. Um, didn't look his best. He had a quiet game. Um, compared to you know most games he's played throughout this season, um, but the most important thing we got the job done. And as you said earlier, um, it's been a great week. You know, beating Chelsea last week, um, everyone's been on a high all week, uh, smiles on their faces, and to to beat Stoke, um, you know, in the way that we did, you know, it was a gritty performance. Um, we showed grit, determination, um, and as I said, the the most important thing was to get the three points again. Yeah, I feel like I owe everybody an apology. Uh, I started last week's pod talking about how, like, I usually come on um, ha- having to talk about like frustrating draws or or games that are sort of ugly to watch, and 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 uh, in some ways I feel <laughs> ridiculously responsible for for that game. Like, I definitely that was one of those that could, absolutely could have turned into one of those games. Um, I don't think any of us watching would uh, would have been surprised. If if it ended up a two-two draw or even a even even a two-one loss at, by the, by the half, it was it was very uncomfortable to watch. Um, but it was also sort of expected, you know, after the emotional fallout from the Chelsea win and Stoke fighting for their Stoke fighting for their lives. Um, it's exactly the game that um, I should have expected, but it was very very uncomfortable to watch. And I but I agree with both with both of you. It was gritty. It's the kind of Win that in years past we would not have gotten, and it was important. Uh, it was an important one. Um, the other thing about yesterday was obviously Liverpool dropping points um, in the Merseyside 
derby. So we're now level on points with them, with the game in hand, and uh, in, in, in fourth place. I, I should say, last week on the podcast, I, I, I referenced the fact that um, it was important we finish ab- um, you know, somewhere above fourth, whether that's third or second, because of the what I thought at the time was still the, 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 the case that you, uh, if you finished fourth, you'd have to go through, through the qualifying round of the Champions League. It's since been pointed, pointed out to me um, that that's not the case anymore. So um, anywhere in the top four would secure automatic qualification for the group stages of the Champions League, which is good. Which I, I think t- that takes uh, I think a lot of pressure off, off, the, off, the, off the team. I know Pochettino will still want them to finish as high as possible, but... Hopefully, now that we've got what a eleven point lead over Chelsea, albeit they're playing later today, hopefully we should be able to secure Champions League football for a third consecutive season, as well as concentrate um, on the FA Cup. Um, let's start, dive into some questions from listeners around the game um, on Twitter. Um, I love this Twitter handle at I know Alan Gilzine. Hello, Jav and contributors for Pod. When a team and its supporters are as salty, rabid, and clueless as Stokes, is it more enjoyable to play excellently and give give them a four goal shell shocking as in the past four games, or have or have a sloppy don't need to play well two one win? Yeah, I think I think always giving some giving the the glimmer of hope to the other side is and then and then and then getting the wind is is you know after the fact more satisfying. But I think that I would have gladly traded a, a four goal uh, you know thundering win uh, for that. Um, <laughs> but you know, in retrospect, sure, it's, it's certainly saltier now. It certainly would have would have made for a more enjoyable watch. I mean, I. Chris, I don't know how you felt. I I was I was quite tense yesterday, more so in some ways than than at the bridge. Um, I don't know. I, I feel I feel very confident as a fan now, watching Spurs under Pochettino, and I think that that yesterday's performance proves yet again. Um, it doesn't matter what opposition we're playing. Um, you know, we're out to get three points. And he has a game plan. You know, every single game he changes the plan, he changes the players, um, you know, he changes the clientele. And the most important thing, as I keep saying, is that we get the three points. And in 2018 now, we're unbeaten domestically. Um, you know, Spurs just keep winning at the moment. And, that, and that's what we want. And we just hope that we would finish as high as we possibly can. You know, fans don't want us to finish fourth now. That Everyone's talking about second. You know, we, we, we want to go above <laughs> Liverpool, Liverpool and Manchester United. And it seemed to be um, turned into the, the perfect weekend yesterday when Man City were tuning it up and, and then all of a sudden Man United then, you know, sneak three goals in. But um, as I say, it, it's, it's important that we keep winning. And um, in answer to the question of, you know, should we be scoring four, five, or six goals, and does that make it more enjoyable? Um, winning is the the most enjoyable thing. That's why we all love going and watch Spurs. We we all want three points every week, and you know, to at half time, I felt that it was quite a boring game, and I felt that we we'd only had one opportunity where Son went through and Butland made a good save. Now, as I said, Harry Kane was very very quiet um, compared to other games that he's played in this season. But when you've got players of Ericsson's ability who can just turn things on, 
uh, you know, when they as and when they want to. And you know, to, for him to, to score his two goals yesterday, um, I, I think it was an enjoyable second half, and uh, I think that we we deserved to win it in the end. We, we've said it in, in the past, but it's worth saying again that that um, I think you're absolutely right, Chris. That 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 uh, Kane didn't have a great game, and Son didn't have a great game either. I thought he was he was it wasn't imposing himself on, on the game the way he has in the past. But what it what what is really uh, worth noting is how dangerous we still can be without either one of those two uh, firing on all cylinders. And Ericsson, um really deserves plaudits for the entire season. But in, in general, the rest of the team, you know, Ali has had times where he's been very quiet, Kane, Son, uh, the, and we, we keep scoring, we keep finding goals from other places, and that is a marker of, of a really great team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of, um, I don't know, Aaron, <coughs> watching it in the States, um, in fact, I don't know that matter the TV coverage at home who... Who they gave the man of the match to, but um, watching it in the ground, I mean, there, there was a few good performances. Jan was superb, solid. Sanchez to Ericsson pulling the strings, but there was one player that really stood out for me yesterday, and that was Musa Dembele. He was just an absolute beast, um, superb, absolutely superb. I thought. I think that uh, I think that we're all um, forgetting um, some of these players. I don't think Jan Vertonghen gets the the plaudits that he yeah. should. Um, you know, there are so many, well, there's a handful of players, really, where they get player of the, the season this year. Um, for, for me, though, Jab, I think that um, Ericsson was the best player on the field. Um, and, I, and I think that someone like Dembele, we're, we're just so used to Dembele being, um, you know, such a marvellous midfield player. Um, you know, he's got every capability there is for, for, for a midfield player. And I think we're just so used to seeing how great he is. So when someone like Ericsson turns it on a little bit and scores a couple of goals, then I think it just edges the man and the match performances all the time. Where do you come down on Dembele's new contract? Then, I mean, he or, the, or, or his desire for uh, was it five years that he wants or three years? Apparently, in the press this 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 weekend, would you give it to him with his age? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that. It, you know, Spurs going forward. I think that we need to keep players like Dembele. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think we're going to probably talk about Toby Alderweireld a little bit more later in the show. Yeah. But um, I think players like that, you need to keep at the club when you are a, when you are a top four team as we are, and we have proved that over the last couple of years. And, and you know, we now want to be going for the title in the next few years. Um, you know, you need to keep players like that. You know, when you've got top quality players who you know their ability and you know what they can do week in, week out. You need to keep those players, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, we'll come to... We've got a few questions around the goal that we conceded. Um, before we look at that, Mark Stoll, what was your opinion um, of the tackle on Son in the box just before they scored? It looked like it could have easily been given, in my opinion, he says. There were quite a few... Uh, Quite a few decisions. The, the referee, I, I thought, was poor, really poor. Yeah, I think the, the Stoke fans were, were very disappointed with the referee <laughs> more than the Spurs fans. Yeah, <laughs> I think they, they they cheered more when they got one free kick. Where, where you know, um, it was more noise in the ground when they got the free kick than their goal. Um, but when Son went down, um, I didn't naturally from where I was standing, I didn't think it was a penalty. Um, he he seemed to wave his hands in the, the air when when he was on the floor, 
Um, and, but no one else, no other Tottenham players really seemed to, to, to say anything or, or say anything to the referee. So I, I didn't think it was a penalty, no. Did, did you? No, but then it's that old adage, if it's, if it's not a penalty, then did he go down deliberately? If he's gone down deliberately, um, the referee should act accordingly. I'd, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think it was, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm honest. Um, there was a number of times where, where, where you know, there were fouls not given on, on both sides. And there was, you know, I think it was right outside the penalty box uh, in the second half that, that um, I forget who it was, had a, had a massive handful of Sun's shirt and was just dragging him completely. And it wasn't given right in front, right in front of the ref. You know, I think, I think it's terribly difficult to give a penalty. It's, it's got to be one of the most difficult things in, in referees' Job. I mean, even though there are laws, even though these things should be clear cut, the human aspect has to come into play. That you know that this is going to affect the outcome of the game. Um, so, what you what you hope for is consistency, right? And consistency in the imperfections of the job. And I think, for me, this ref was just inconsistent, and for us as well. I mean, I think we 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 got away with with. Um, we got away with things, and then we were given things, and um, but I, I didn't see it as a penalty myself. I'd never heard of yeah. him when they announced his name at the beginning. Um, I turned around to, to to my friend in the stadium. Both of us like were who? I'd, I'd never heard of him, and I, and I, I don't think he covered himself in, in glory. But as you say, um, Chris, I think the Stoke fans were a little bit more pissed off with him than yeah. than, than than we were. Just on on that, and on the Stoke fans um, now, as Danny Rose got quite a lot of stick from their fans, and we know there's previous history. I think it relates back to when he he was on loan at Sunderland and, and a incident with with Short, Shawcross. And every time I've been at the um, Britannia in the past, um, he's he's got a lot of stick. That's that's fine. That's part and part, parcel of football. But it also felt like the the um, Stoke players were out to get poor old Danny. He, he, he got quite a few challenges put on him, and and the referee just seemed to turn a blind eye to most of them. Yeah, but um, I think that Danny Rose probably put in one of his best performances we've seen for a long time uh, for Spurs. And I think that when when you've got um, some fans giving you stick, I think it makes you uh, try it a little bit harder. And uh, I think it it actually worked um, for him, and it, 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 yeah, you know, it was his advantage in the end. And I think he had a good game for Spurs. Okay. Um, right. There's a whole load of questions around the goal that we conceded and, and around um, Hugo Lloris. So I'm just going to read them all out. Um, much of the muchness. Um, our very own John Steggall says, Elephant in the room. Hugo, his rare instances of mistakes are now becoming more frequent. I say we need to upgrade next season. What say the esteemed panel? Um, another one from at Kent Goodrich on Twitter, um, at his handle, Stokes goal. Sanchez fell asleep, but Hugo makes his fifth error leading to a goal this season. Is it time to think of upgrading the position? Maurizio Garnisa, hello. On the goalkeeper question, would Gazaniga be ready to replace Luis? Not sure about that. Um, at Lee Marston 81, not saying he, he is, but if Hugo is declining, who should be his replacement? Okay, so... First part of that question, um, he has indeed, Hugo, one of the 
question as um, Kent Goodrich alluded to, and I read that somewhere, somewhere else. He's made something like five or six errors this season, which is quite a lot given that you can always, even the best goalkeepers, they're always prone to the odd clanger every every now and then. Um, but Hugo's made quite a few this this season. And I know he's a solid player. He's the club captain. He's an influential player in, in the dressing room, I think, more than may, maybe many realise. And he's a good influence to have around the club. But is it, I, is it time I to upgrade? Believe, I can't believe that any Spurs fan would even say about upgrading Hugo Lloris. I can't believe that statement. Um, Hugo Lloris is still one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Um, just look at his performance, Real Madrid away. Um, yes, goalkeepers make mistakes. Every goalkeeper makes mistakes. When when you're going to have a when when you've got a goalkeeper that makes mistakes in important matches, and they lose you matches, then questions are going to be asked. But when when he's made a, a slight error um, for that goal yesterday, and we've still won the game, mm. I think you just need to forget about it and move on. Um, I think that Hugo Lloris is one of the best goalkeepers that Spurs have had in their history. And uh, I, I hope to see him in goal for us for, for many years to come. But before I bring Aaron in, just I, for the most part, I agree with that, Chris. Um, and I think he's made, you know, ultimately, both yesterday and last week, the errors he made didn't cost us. Um, the games that you mentioned um Juventus away, superb saves. I think there was a game. It was either it was either five three against Chelsea or when we beat them at the Lane two 0 last season, and he made a world class save. You know, not bread and butter save, a world class save at that. So, and he, you know, he's a solid player. Part of me though doesn't can't help thinking that if you take a club like Manchester City, they've in the past they've been quite ruthless with with their. Um, with their goalkeepers, if you go back to when Mancini was uh, manager, they had Shea given it was okay for them. Joe Hart was given a chance; he took it with both hands. Shea given couldn't get back on the team. More recently, Joe, Joe Hart was dropped. They they bought in um, was it Bravo? He he didn't do what um, apart from a f- few clangers. Um, he didn't really do what. Um, Pep wanted him to do, and they brought in um, Edison. And I just wonder whether, perhaps, if we're going to compete at the next level with the likes of Man City, that we need perhaps goalkeeper. You can't compete in Champions League competitions when you're experimenting with such an important position as a goalkeeper. Yeah. When when you see his performance against Real Madrid away, world class saves, breathtaking saves, unbelievable. You know, some of these goalkeepers um, in Premier League clubs, such as Manchester City goalkeepers, none of them would have saved those shots. No way. And Hugo is our, as you said, he's our club captain. So the thought of having him replaced, and I can't believe that people have even said about putting Gazaniga in 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 uh, goal rather than Lloris. It's just that is laughable. Yeah, it really is. No, I I agree with that. I think the one area that f- for me that I think Lloris is weak on isn't the clangers. As I said, all, all keepers are prone to that. But I think his distribution on the ball could be I agree. Could, could, could be better. And that's where I just can't help thinking that some other clubs. Just I'm just giving City as an example. They might have a really good player in a certain position, but sentiment doesn't come into it, and they can be quite ruthless, and they'll get somebody else. 
better in. I just wonder, maybe going forward, at some point, we might need a goalkeeper. These are few and far between. There aren't many kicking around. I can't think of many English goalkeepers that would fit that criteria, for example, or many goalkeepers in the Premier League. But somebody that's very good technically and can just pass it, pass the ball out, 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 out the back and, and look look comfortable. Um, but Hugo, but Hugo will always look um, poor um, distribution a lot of the time because he has the ball at his feet so much um, compared to other goalkeepers in the Premier League. We play from the back, and um, our team use our goalkeeper a hell of a lot throughout a match. And Hugo has a lot of touches, uh, most of them with his feet. So um, we have this way of playing we have this style of playing always playing from the back you know even when we have a goal kick we like, like to play it short um you know to play from the back so of course he's going to have the ball a hell of a lot more you know one of the things about looking at, at at a result is that errors in general errors are a terrible way of judging performance because an error uh while it looks like a mistake is often the result of um of, of, of an unexpected excellence, right? So if Lloris was the kind of player who was five steps slower, that's not an error, right? That's just a, a through ball and the and beating the keeper and rounding the keeper and, and 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 a goal. But he's fast, he's quick off his line, he gets he gets he gets to the ball and he's unlucky to to clear it right into into Duf's hands, right? And and so Duf could score. But but errors, errors in general, they're just they're just a bad metric. They're just they they don't tell the whole story. If he if he if he's um, unable to leap out and he's ten feet away from from the cross and he's not even close to to it, he doesn't get a hand on it. It's a perfect cross and there's a header, right? It. But we see we see a player who is excellent, who gets into good positions, who does kind of almost superhuman types of saves and will come off of his line in ways that many goalkeepers won't. Um, he's quick, He's he, he thinks quickly, and he's going to be put into situations not dissimilar to the way that Ali is going to make high percentage passes that aren't going to come off all the time. Lloris is going to have high, like, uh, sorry, low percentage passes that aren't going to come off all the time. Lloris is going to be put into situations that are, that are tricky, that are difficult to pull off, and sometimes he's going to pull them off. And the vast majority of the time, he pulls them off, and on occasion, he's not going to pull them off. And we're going to talk about it because that's what we have to do. We're going to talk about it for 20 minutes of a pod. But ultimately, I'd much prefer to have a player like Loris, who's willing to take that risk, who's going to put his body on the line, who's going to come out, who's going to play that sweeper keeper role, than someone who's going to wait and and try to try to make the uh, stop one-on-one with Duf, you know, after he's controlled the ball. It's, it's, uh, that was a goal. It happens. You know, Shakiri later on in the game hits the post and it's not a goal. And that's the same kind of, to me, that's the same kind of luck that makes football worth watching. I think the the, the thing with, with Lloris is if you look, you look around in our league and you look around in football, there are very, very few keepers that I would consider, I don't know about the rest of you, um, that, that are better than him. He's he's up there. He he. You know, you could say De Gea. Um, you could say someone like Neuer. If we're looking outside of the league, but there are very few keepers that are actually better than him. He's up there. He's 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 a top 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 keeper. Um, 
you know, and he's going to be prone to making mistakes. I think also some of it is some of the criticism he 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 gets. Um, look, if you're a midfield player and 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 you have a bad game or or you 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 misplace a pass, it's always going to it's going to be less magnified. If you're a striker and you miss a goal, or if you're a goalkeeper and you um, you screw up and, and and you make a mistake, it's it, it, just that virtue of that position. It's going to be magnified more. Um, and I think that I I still can't help thinking that a lot of our fans don't appreciate how big an influence Hugo is at Spurs. Um, you know, he's captain of the club. He might not be the traditional. You know, he's not he's not an outfield player. He might not be somebody who's perceived as um, captain material necessarily. On, on the face of it, but actually behind the scenes, he's a really influential f- um, figure. Um, he's somebody that that Pochettino trusts, and I think that that goes a long long way. And I think all of those um, all of those qualities that he has puts him up there. Um, but I, maybe it's not necessarily appreciated by a lot a lot of fans. So when when they see a mistake, they're sort of quick to perhaps criticise. Um, just on a wider point, if, if we move it on slightly from Lloris, we've got one of the listeners um, alluded to Gazaniga. Um, I, I agree with you, Chris. He's he's far from ready. I mean, he's never been the first team goalkeeper anyway. He, he's played, I think he was second or third at Southampton. Um, Vaughan's a solid player, but his contract's coming to, and, and, a, and a very good professional um his contract's coming to an end this season. Whether he, he we renew his contract or not remains to be seen. Um, wouldn't say a replacement because Hugo is still very much number one. But if we're going to get somebody in, if Vorm, let's say, doesn't renew his contract, is there somebody out there that you feel could be a good second choice goalkeeper whilst also providing competition for Hugo? Because up until a few years ago, I would have said, well, up until his injury two years ago, I would have said said Butland, but I'm not not too sure now. The thing is, though, whoever's whoever would come to Spurs um, would know that they'd be um, second in place to Hugo. Uh, no one's going to take Hugo's place. Mm. And um, if any of us were a goalkeeper at a professional club at the moment, you could argue why why would you want to move to just sit on the bench and just play the occasional FA Cup or League Cup game? Um, you know, not many people would be happy with that. And I think that's probably why they got Gazaniga in. They, they Spurs always like to have a, a younger goalkeeper um there. And don't get me wrong, as much as we love Hugo, um Michelle Vorm and uh Gazaniga, when they've come in this season, you know, Gazaniga has only played one game. He got man of the match against Palace at Wembley. They played well. Uh, Vaughan's played very well when he's come in for us this season. So, um, you know, Tony Jimenez is our goalkeeping coach and you can see before the game, um, you know, the work and the effort that all of them put in, um, you know, their commitment or all the goalkeepers' commitment is, you know, second to none and and it's great. And, you know, when we go back to saying about Hugo making mistakes, when there is a mistake made, Hugo knows he's made it. And he looks furious at himself. And, you know, he, he'll go on the training pitch and he'll work on that. Um, but going back to your point about who, who could we bring in, um, you know, Vaughan left, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I think that whoever we talk about, Pochettino always seems to have this way of bring, bringing in players that a lot of us haven't really heard of. And, 
you know he's he's got his scouts out he's got his own people and you know he'll probably bring in somebody who we've never heard of yeah and Poch we trust yep yeah exactly Okay, uh, a few more questions around the game. Ali Hassan, I always think that if you're useless at whatever it is that you do, no one bothers you. Um, When you're good, haters will hate. In my opinion, the more the Stoke fans booed us, the better I felt. What did you feel? Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was... was, uh, I'll tell you what, something about... Well, something about Stoke fans. Um, they, I've I've enjoyed the last two visits to um, to the Britannia. Is it Britannia or is it, or is it Bet Three Six Five Stadium? Bet Three Six Five. Bet Three Six Five. Okay. Um, I've enjoyed going there because of you know those four nil victories, um, particularly the one two, two seasons ago. Um, the atmosphere that that Monday night. I didn't really enjoy it yesterday. Um, it I don't know. It, it maybe. It was on the back of what was a you know, great win against Chelsea, and 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 this felt it's a different sort of game, you know, it's different different vibe. But I didn't enjoy it as much as the previous games, and the Stoke fans were just annoying, um, having to listen to them. So yeah, I, I took quite a great deal of satisfaction that we had the upper hand and 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 came away with it with the, with the three points. Um, I won't shed a tear if they're relegated. Um, I've, I've got to say that that that, that much. Um, John Steckles, another one from him. Do people from Stoke understand football? Aaron, do you want to go on that one? Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely, do not. No one outside of uh, Boston, Massachusetts, understands football. We're we're the only fans. <laughs> I don't. Know. I got nothing. I got nothing on that. They seemed one hundred percent salty, and that's. Um, that like fuels my my batteries as far as I'm concerned. Do you know, Jav? It's weird because as I was walking back to my car yesterday, three different Stoke fans said to me, "What a fantastic team you've got there! Mm. I hope you do well in the future." So for them to say that, they must understand a little bit about football. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I do. I've said this, I said this last week, but I do feel for Stoke. To me, like it's they're like they're not. They're not Darth Vader. They're just like the stormtroopers. You know, they're just like they're just sort of these uh, bad guys in in the league that that are that play poorly and and they're just going to get beaten up all the time. But you need them around. Like you need that kind of like that 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 team that you sort of love hating in that doesn't actually cause a threat. Um, and you know, I'm sure another team will step up and 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 hold that peculiar place in in my heart at least. But um, I enjoy disliking Stoke, and <laughs> I will be sad for them to go. Um, Colin Manetto, we couldn't add on the third goal oh, on the third goal when the match opened up. What do you make of that? Well, certainly... I, think Stoke, I think Stoke made it very difficult for us. As I said earlier, half time nil nil. You know they had, they had a game plan. You know they're fighting for their lives. They they would have probably wanted a point yesterday. A point for them yesterday would have been uh, fantastic. Um, you know we grinded out the result in the end. And you know Poch even said before the game it's going to be a harder game than than the Chelsea one. And he was right again. Um, you know, we grinded the result out, and and that was the most important thing. And we come away with three points. 
we um yeah that, that's that's certainly the, the the most important point i think getting the three three points i mean if you're going to be very critical i could say that we do sometimes at certain points this season have a tendency not to be as clinical and um and and you know score maybe four or five past certain teams we we know that's we're capable of doing that and that's in our dna we, we've shown that in the past but i suppose yesterday we didn't have that many chances that, that they did they they made it difficult but we we took the chances we had and and we got the three points and they, that's all that matters we had, we had we came very close lamella had a nice had a nice shot on goal and towards Sunday the end probably yeah yeah, and Sonny probably could have had could have buried his first opportunity, um, other than uh, except for a great save from Butlin. But you know, I think, like I said, I think it's understandable. We we took the foot off the gas a little bit. There's an emotional. It must be very difficult to get up for these games. Period. When we're at this stage of the season, there's the, the players know that we're, that we're not really we don't have a chance at at winning the league. They there's not too much other than ensuring fourth place uh, at stake for the players, right? I mean, they want to win when every single game one assumes, but they still have to. It's they still have to come, get up for it, um, and to 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 get that win is the important part, as we've said over and over again. Um, it's understandable that they didn't get the the third goal, um, and I'm sure Potch let them know that they need to in the future. Um, final thing on Stoke. Um, question from Nick Seal: Is there a bigger shithole than Stoke? <laughs> um, yeah, Stamford Bridge on the Emirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I just speaking to Chris off air, and um, I don't know how long it took you, Chris, but I, I was, I was parked. Um, I don't know about four or five minutes. Um, on foot. Away from from, yeah. from from the stadium, um, BMF Europe, whoever the hell they are, or something like that, car park. Um, away, designated away fan car park. You know, got there at the start, paid six quid. I thought, oh great, I've got got somewhere to park. It's not too not too far from the stadium. I think I was still in my car in the car park trying to get out for an hour or the best part of an hour, yeah. just just to join them yeah. join the motorway. So um, yeah. I, I won't. So you be, won't be stoked then. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't be too happy if 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 they go down. And at the moment, it looks like they're they're on course to going down. Um, right, we've got Man City next week. Um, there was talk of possibly them winning the league yesterday, and and us having to give a guard a formula. Now, fortunately, that can't happen. And fortunately, they can't even win the league at, at our place. Um, it. it, it it, it might even go to, to to the week after, um, so that that's good. Like that, that's made me feel slightly happier. Um, they're the last team who beat us in the league, 16th of December. That's four months ago. Um, 14 matches unbeaten in the league. I think we've only dropped uh, points against West Ham and Southampton um, back in January, and then um, drawing those games, and then Liverpool um, at Anfield, which which we could have won possibly. Um, how do you see this one going, chaps? Can we beat them? I think we can beat them. Yes, um, I think that when we were at the Etihad in December, um, I hate to say it, but they were the much better team. They could have scored a lot more goals than four. Um, they ripped us to bits. 
and uh, I think that it'll be a very very different game next week when you've got a team who who lost yesterday in the manner that they did, um, especially when they could be lifting the Premier League trophy yesterday, 2-0 up, half-time, and then threw it away. Um, a couple of days before that, losing 3-0 at Liverpool, um, you know, two back-to-back wins. The first time that's happened since Pep has taken over. The confidence isn't going to be that high at the moment, um, although they've got this 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 thought on the Premier League title. They, you know, It's already won, but it's just a case of when they're going to pick the trophy up. Um, but I think it was great to bring Harry Kane back yesterday and give him that time, even though he had a very quiet game. He'll be in training this week. Um, he'll be on fire this week in training and hopefully he'll be back to his best next Saturday against City. Um, I can't wait for, for next week's game. I think it will be one of the best games of the Premier League season. And um, I think that we could become the third team this season to beat them in the league. <sighs> I, I, uh, I, I am, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think um, they have, they have the, um, they have the championship on their mind. They have, you know, they have the league on their mind. But they also, they also have to. Um, they have to play Liverpool, and they have to win, and they have to win big, and if they want to continue on in the, in the, in, the, in the Champions League, and I'm, I think that may be uh, the focus right now for the team, and there's I think we can beat them. I think uh, if we may, we may be facing a tired, emotionally depleted team. I think if if, if they can't beat Liverpool. Um, in, in the Champions League uh, second leg, I think um, I think they're going to come out all guns blazing against us. Um, but we've we've been very very good at Wembley, and um, I think there's a lot on the line in terms of you know we talked last week about these these games that that seem to matter just because of the marker that they lay down in terms of showing that we can win at Stamford Bridge and showing that we can beat. Uh, city this season, I feel like, uh, will mean a lot to the team. So uh, I don't have a predictor for the score, but I think we can do it. I think we can do it. I'm just, I'm anxious, which is my general <laughs> status anyway. <laughs> um, well, I've got a prediction. I think we're going to win three two, um, and I think Kane, Ericsson, Delhi will, will all be on the on, on the score sheet. Um, and I and I expect Dyer to start the game. Ahead of Wanyama, and mm-hmm. I think Ben Davis will be back, and I think Trippier will be back, and I just don't know whether he's going to go for Lamella or Son. Um, I'm a big fan, of, big fan of um, Lamella, and I think oh, I can't say we missed him yesterday because he, we, you know, we still won the match, and, and he and he came on um, later on. But you know, if anyone, you only have to look at his performance against Chelsea and he's he's a quality player and he, and he offers something different um, having said that Son's been firing on all cylinders this season yeah he had a quiet game yesterday so I, I, I don't know who, who he's going to go for in, 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 in that game but um, I think we should I think I think we've got enough to it, it, the trouble is when the top four five six teams play each other they can go either way you know every the, the teams are that good that 
it's fine margins. Um, but I don't think City are going to come in and and walk all over us in the way they did um, at the Etihad. And and I, th- I think we'll, we'll give them a game. I think we'll go toe-to-toe with them. And I think we'll, we'll nar- narrowly edge it. Yeah, I hope you Your lips to God's ears. That's <laughs> um, right. No Spurs ladies update this week. Um, they're not in action. Uh, the next game is on Thursday, the 19th of April against Oxford United. Okay, so we've got a hell of a lot of questions to go through. Um, before we go through those very quickly, um, firstly, Chris, um, anyone who follows you um, on social media, on Twitter on, and other platforms on, on, on YouTube um, will know that every week um, you've um, you put together a stadium update. Um, video. Um, there was one yesterday. Um, obviously, yeah. listeners should should look at the video. But um, it, just very briefly, um, have you got any, any update on on the, on the new stadium? What, what's happening? Oh wow! Um, yeah, lots of seats have gone in this week um, on most of the stands. Uh, lots of panels on the outside. Um, the club shop. Um, I I was told by a couple of um, Spurs um, employees that the club shop will actually open before the stadium. Um, they're hoping that the club shop will actually open in July. Um, of course, in time for all of the new kits and all the merchandise. Um, obviously, the stadium will open even either August or September. Um, but... Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of workers yesterday. It was very, very busy. Um, of course, I got there a lot earlier than normal because travelling up to Stoke, um, lots of glass panels going in on the West Stand. That looks absolutely incredible. It looks huge. And all I would say to anybody is that if you haven't visited the new stadium site yet, get down there because it's all well and good watching the videos and seeing pictures online. But until you actually see it, it is amazing. It really is. Um, but... Yeah, I still keep walking around there every Saturday morning. Um, really, really great to do that and uh, to update fans of what's going on. Um, lots of the, uh, well, lots of, of the, the roof parts are being worked on at the moment. A lot of eaves were going up. Um, large pieces of metal were going sort of a, above head height. Uh, so, yeah, lot, lots going on at the moment. Excellent. Um, and if anybody wants um, to, to, to find out um more um about this week and and um and uh, going forward and the best place to to find that that out is to um look at your youtube sh- um channel so uh, just uh, type in chris chris in tottenham fan and uh, there will be lots of um videos um around updates on the, on the stadium and and for that matter other things um, interviews with with fans and celebrities and, and 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 whatnot, so check out Chris Callan's YouTube page. Um, Aaron, very briefly, um, I mentioned at the out- outset you you host a podcast, um, first time, long time podcast, which is a sports podcast. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? Sports. Um, are there any any new episodes in in, in the pipeline? Yeah, we have. I'm working on season three right now, so season three should come out uh, the, hopefully at the start of the summer, maybe midsummer. We have stories about um, a guy who rode his bicycle around the world and uh, a, a marathon runner uh, who's who's dealing with uh, cancer, surviving cancer, and he's going about to run his another uh, marathon. And then um, I'm hoping to do a story on 
the songs at football stadiums, um, in particular with some of the guys from the Fighting Cock who, are, who have agreed to, to do an interview about, um, about a, a particular song that, they, that, that originated from their forums. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to those. And you should keep, keep an eye out on the feed. Uh, it should be updating this summer. Excellent. Okay, let's finish off with, I normally say a few questions, but this is a few questions we've had. Um, first one, um, Annette Smith, um, she's chair of Glasgow Spurs Supporters Club, and I, I was with her at Hotspur Way on Wednesday to watch the Spurs players train. Um, she just simply says, Danny or Ben? Ben. Ben. I can't believe I'm saying it, but Ben. Ben, that's a hat-trick. Um, I think as, as good as game Danny Rose had yesterday, Ben for me all season has been uh, he's been top class. And uh, uh, Danny Rose, Rose has still got some way to, to 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 go back to the play he was before his injury. I, I hope he gets back to that level. Um, I hope he gets back to that level in a Spurs shirt rather than um, end up somewhere else. I think the conventional wisdom is that. He'll be moved along in the summer. I'd like to think that if he can get back to the player that he was before that injury, he'll still be there and he'll be competing. But yeah, Ben, all the way for me. Um, Zoe Pearson at uh, Z underscore Pearson THFC. It's a Twitter handle. Does winning ugly show up pro- progression as a collective? Surely Spurs of old would have lost drawn that game after such a momentous result against Ch- Chelsea. She goes on to, to say it's a strength that big teams show. Um, agonising at times but vital that it's something that we learn to do and learn to do well. This team has a backbone and it's fantastic to see. Yeah, that, that sums up my my feeling about about the, the the game perfectly. Yeah, I think when we can win games like that in the in the manner that we did, especially after winning at Chelsea last week, um, I think that that just goes to show what a great manager again Pochettino is. Um, and you know, when you've supported Spurs for as long as we have, um, you know that what we put up. With, with with other managers and the way results went uh, sometimes where, we, where we'd beat a great team and then the next week we'd be playing a relegation team and then we'd lose 1-0. You know, this doesn't seem to be happening under Pochettino and I think that that is a huge transformation. Hmm. OK, a uh, question from Dave Phipps. Coming to the back of back end of the season now, who is your player of the year? Um, he goes on to say, I would say Sanchez has done very well but our Dane has been outstanding. And also um, another one from Zoe Pearson, uh, essentially the same thing. Um, uh, she says, is it too early to discuss potential player of the season contenders? Um, Chris, you, you mentioned Ericsson earlier. Is, is he your player of the season? I think he is, yeah. I think uh, it's got to be Ericsson. I, I think that every game um, he gives so much. Um, he can turn a game, a um, bit of magic. Um, you know, he scored 10 Premier League goals this season. You know the amount of assists. You know he seems to have it all. But um, we've said as well that you know great performances and, and and you know great performances throughout the year. You know Harry Kane calls banging the goals in, and then you've got Jan at the back constantly playing well. Um, Sanchez has had a good season as well. Um, yeah, there's quite a few. There's quite a few, but um, good performances. But I think overall, Ericsson, yeah. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree, but just to be contrary, I'll I'll I'll, I'll say that there's the argument could be made very strongly for Yan that if if only because like Erickson when he when he's not in the team, it's just a different team. The entire like we need him in a way that we need Erickson. We don't have a a real replacement for him um, in the same way, and I I think he's just had. An, outstanding performances and he's been a long he's served the club really well for a very long time it's easy to forget how long he's been around but uh he's had a great season and um i just love the guy so i i, I probably lean towards erickson but you know for the purposes of discussion i'll, I'll, put, I'll throw you <laughs> in there as well i would probably say sanchez has, has been our best young player of the season, um, I think certainly Kane his his goals speak for themselves. Um, Son, I really like Son. I really, really would like to say Son. Um, I think he's he's had a really, really good season. But for me, it's a toss between Ericsson and and and, and Jan. Ericsson certainly been the most influential of all the play, of all the players, and he showed a, showed a consistency. Um, most improved player, most improved player this season. I'd go for Ben Davis. Yeah, but I, but I think that was that was the case last season as well. So the second half of last season, I think he, he steps up. Um, His progress has just been unbelievable. Yeah, um, I'll probably edge it to give it to, give it to Jan, but there's really not not much in it between. You could make a case for both Jan and and, and Ericsson. I think the the nice thing about Jan is the consistency and the fact that you know this season he's played in a back three, he's played in a back four, he's he's had Sanchez as a partner, he's had. Um, uh, out of Verrells, he's had them both. He's had, I think there might have been one or two games when Sanchez was suspended, where Dyer stepped in, and he's been that one constant, both in terms of appearances, but his performances have levels haven't dropped. He's been quality regardless of who he's been paired up with. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go for him, but yeah, you could easily make a case for Ericsson. Um, at Kent Griffith, will you miss Stoke when they're gone? Terrible team to watch, but they usually contribute three points to our cause. I think we touched upon that earlier. Um, Aaron, you've got a soft spot for them. Um, soft spot for hating them. <laughs> I don't know if that's a soft spot. Chris, will you will you will you miss those visits to the um, Bet Three Six Five Britannia? Really. No, 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 no I, 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 I won't. I, 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 the first couple were good, uh, particularly the very first one. Uh, but I won't miss driving up there or, or trying to navigate my way way out of um, way out of Stoke. It, it's a miserable place. I mean, there's nothing there. If you couldn't, if you're going to build a st- look, Stoke City, Stoke as a place. It's it's not a nice place. There isn't much 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 um, happening there. If you're also going to build a stadium, don't build it off a motorway in the middle in the arse end of nowhere. Um, it's just hour and it's always windy as well up there yeah yeah always grim yeah, yeah. um ed brads the paranoid spurs fan um danny rose is doing an added by all all of a sudden he's fully fit and fighting um for a place in the world cup squad um he's putting himself in the window for a move is that a fair statement slightly cynical absolutely fair. yeah absolutely fair I don't think Danny Rose would be a, uh, a Spurs player next year. And I think that he's doing everything in his power to get in the starting lineup at the moment um, and play out of his skin, um, playing for a move, playing for the World Cup. 
Um, all of that, yeah, completely agree with that statement. Do you be, do you begrudge him that though? I mean, in the way that Adebayor didn't show up for so many t- so many games. I mean, it's not like Danny Danny made that terrible statement in the press, but he didn't have uh, a half of a season where he just didn't show up and suddenly show, is showing up. He's had a long road back from recovery from an injury, and now he's doing what anybody would expect him to do, which is to play out of his skin to try to recover his spot on the World Cup. I don't. I'm not sure it's a, it's a parallel. Um, I agree. I don't think he'll be around, but I don't. I don't see him as the same kind of character. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with that. Okay, Karim Cronflee. After all the problems at the beginning of the season, do we think the missing piece of the jigsaw was Lamella returning from injury to give the team some extra steel? Um, he goes on to say he's given that. He's also given that. He's bleh, he has also given us that extra body, uh, making the subs bench a little richer. Well, I think when when Lamella was out for so long. Um, and of course, we've brought Lucas Moura in as well. When you've got two players like that who who are now game changers on the bench, I think that is what we really missed. And I've been saying for the last couple of years, what we really miss on the bench is a game changer. You know, you need somebody to come on 70, 75 minutes and perhaps give you 15, 20 minutes on the pitch and can create a goal, can score a goal. And I think that's what we've got now. And where where we all talk about oh who's gonna who's dropping out for Kane like yesterday, will it be Son? Will it be um, you know Deli Ali Eriksson, uh, one of these players Lamella, you know any one of those on the bench you're going to be excited when they're going to come on, and that that is what I think we've really missed. But when you've got a player out for a year and then they come back, it is going to be like they are going to be like a new signing, and and that is exactly what Lamella's been like, and he's been exceptional since he's come back from his long term injury. Yeah, you copy and paste that to, into my lips. I mean, I think he's he's. I've said it over and over and over again, but I think he's uh, he is fundamental to the team. Um, if we don't have him, we lack a certain edge, um, and it's ultimately it is ultimately that presence off the bench or whether it's in the starting lineup. He he's he's fundamental to the team, um, and I hope he's around for a long time. I think him and Mora they offer something different from each other, but also different from whoever's whoever's in the starting eleven. And um, and yeah, Chris, that's exactly right. Like we we we've we've had we've had like for likes. We've had uh, people that were sort of just well, let's throw them on and see if they run at the defense. But we haven't had a a, a real impactful game changing player that would change not just give us different opportunities but change the way we play without changing the formation yeah. and that's what we see with Lamella when you think about Lamella or Son starting against City you think about the formation is not going to change but this is going to be a different makeup of the team um, it's going to be a different kind of threat a different kind of attack and that's that's what we we missed in the beginning of the season, and we have now in spades. Yeah, he's I agree with you both, but he's, he's also um, all of those things as well as um, somebody who uh, can confidently you can say uh, could start a game. Um, yeah. And 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 you know, for example, if he, if he starts if he starts a particular match ahead of Sun, um, then you've got Sun on the bench. That that's that's a, that, that's a good good option, and it does give that. Richness um, when you look at look at the bench with Mora, I'd say the same is true. Other than 
I think we're going to see the full. We've seen glimpses of what Mora can do. I think we're going to see the full impact. Yeah. Ne- next season. Um, right. Let's see him through. And the... he's a bit of a bastard, right? That's the other thing about yeah. Lamella. Yeah. Is that is is he he's he's like a, a more invisible alley. Like he's winding up the other players. He's he's uh, the other team rather. He's he's taking little bites and he's he's fantastic. I love to watch him play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he knows how to get get under the skin of the opposition. Just ask Seth Fabregas about that. Um, Kent, another one from Kent Goodrich. Does Levy, so in the week when it was announced that Daniel Levy had, had got this, um, given himself a massive pay rise, um, I think the figure that was banded about was six million, possibly. Um, Kent says, does Levy, does Levy deserve to be the highest paid chairman in the league? Yes. <laughs> Period. Silence. Well, he's done a, he's done a, an awful lot of work for Spurs, and for any Spurs fan being negative about Daniel Levy, I think that they should, you know, perhaps read a book on you know how we used to be because clearly they weren't there. Mm. Uh, he, he's done so much for the club. You know, the, when you when I go down to the the new stadium site, for instance, every Saturday, you know, he was behind. He's behind all of that. And, you know, he's done so much for, for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. And you get a lot of people saying, well, he's only in it for himself. He's, he's a businessman. And when he's done all this stuff, he'll just sell the club and he'll get a profit. Well, no matter what he's doing, he's, he's created this for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. So, um, you know, fair play to him. Yeah, and and why shouldn't he? You know, the other side of it is, yeah, he's, he's a businessman. And no doubt at some point in time, he, he'll decide to, to, to sell on and, and it'll, it'll make a fair bit of money but that's that's what you do that's if you're in business if you're a successful business, business yeah. exactly absolutely but he's deserved every penny of that and um not just what you're seeing now bearing fruit but what's what's going to come in the years um uh, that are ahead, both in terms of hopefully you know, that new stadium, filling that stadium week in week out. What we what, what we'll hopefully see on the pitch in terms of results, and and that will hopefully manifest itself in, into trophies on a, on a regular basis. But you know, beyond that, in terms of the community, in terms of hopefully regenerating that that area, which is you know, a, a, a deprived part of London, um, that that's going to leave a legacy, which you know far outweighs. Tottenham as a football club, um, it, it's it, it's going to be huge. And uh, to me, I think, I think uh, the, the only the only people that the only fans that would be negative about anything to do with Daniel Levy is that they think that he perhaps doesn't spend the money that the other clubs uh, do, which which is true. Um, and he's not paying the the wages as you know as Tottenham should be mm. to to players like Toby. But that, that's a whole new debate. But, you know, you can't, on one hand, say that we're doing it the right way and growing players and, and, and keeping players involved and, and building a, a culture of a club and not credit that to the wage structure and the fact that he's not spunked tons of money on, on, on huge high-rolling players and instead kind of required of his managers and required of 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 his club to to find solutions in creative ways and to build this culture like that's they're one and the same and i agree with you that it can be frustrating and it will it 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 will be frustrating to see 
if 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 Toby goes, like that will be there will be a large vocal part of our support that will say this shouldn't have ever happened. But there has been nothing, and from my point of view, there's been nothing but progress in this club, and uh, there have been little setbacks here and there. And but even when you look at you know losing Modric and Bale, there's still there was still progress. There was a few fallow years, but there was progress every step of the way, and that comes down to the chairman. And uh, in the long term, he's he's it's been his policies that have created this club it's created the space for Pochettino to come in and and do what he needed to do um and you have to only just look look towards Chelsea you know Woolwich even United and see the kind of cancer that a that 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 can grow within a club so quickly from the top down and how you know Chelsea right now the articles are all about who's going to replace the manager and 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 not saying you know let's let's clear out the, the 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 dressing room and and support support the manager and let him build a project no one else is building a project and that's down to levy when i think 100 percent, and i think he deserves every every penny that he's getting but the thing is as well it is a couple of years ago i was at one of the fans forums and the relationship between pochettino and levy um, was just great. It really yeah. was. They, they had they had like a real bond, and and you could tell that they got on very very well with each other. And I think that's a a major difference. You've just um, Chris inadvertently you've just answered the next question, which which isn't on the running order because it came in late. Um, which is Richard Healy after getting to two hundred not out in all in all honestly, on oh god in all honesty how long do you expect? Maurizio Pochettino's magic to be at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club and I was just going to answer as long as Daniel Levy's there for, for the reasons that you've just outlined well he's got he's got a contract uh, until 2021 and Poch has said uh, a couple of times um, in various press conferences that he will be there until the end of his contract so perhaps it will be until 2021 and then and then he'll want to move on to, to something different, a fresh challenge, whatever. But um, if, if, well, I assume Daniel Levy will still be there in 2021. I don't mm. think that anything will change. Um, so it, it all depends on what happens, what what do we win, um, what players we have and so on. But there's a lot of factors. But I think that that relationship is very important to, to, to keep going Um but it's all it's all depends really on what money money Potter's got to spend. I think that money will be forthcoming when 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 we move into the new stadium. Um, I can't I can't quite imagine too many jobs that Potch would take over Tottenham right now. I mean, I can imagine going maybe after he's completed this project here, going back to Espanol maybe, and I can imagine him taking the Argentina job. But I can't quite imagine uh, and maybe I'm completely naive but I can't imagine him going to another Premier League club and it's it's just not too many other clubs in Europe that would present the same sort of challenge and the same sort of ability to create a project as Spurs has offered him. Yeah I mean I think PSG and Madrid would offer a different sort of challenge it would just be here's a shitload of money and and do your thing but um, where's the fun in that? 
He's making I, I a shitload of money. I think if Poch ever left Spurs, or when he does leave Spurs, I think it will be for um, a national team, um, either Argentina um, or, or well, it would probably be Argentina, but or another national team. But I think it'd be a national team it would go to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Imagine if, it, imagine if, it were, if it was manager of England, that'd be good. We wouldn't yeah. have to watch. Um, well, it's got slightly better under under Southgate. I mean, I think mean, I mean, he's doing the right right thing, to trying to trying to play out the back and trying to forge an identity. But oh, imagine imagine if Pochettino is manager of England. I'd, I'm inclined to agree with you. If it's going to be a national team, it, it'll be Argentina. Um, right, we've got. One it's also just to just to I mean just to say like it. I'm not like. I don't obviously all I know from Pochettino is what's presented to me by the press and by by the book and stuff. But he seems to be such a hardworking guy, the kind of guy that doesn't ever want to not be working. And a national team is sure you're going to watch the games, but it's not the same level of intensity. I can't imagine him doing it for, until he's much older, which yeah. would which would bode well for us. I mean, this is a guy who. First one in, last one out, right? Um, for 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 years at this point, so I, it's hard to imagine. But maybe I'm naive. Yeah, um, I hope he's there for the long haul for a very very long time. I mean, I I think I speak for us all and for most Tottenham fans that he's probably the best thing that's happened to the club in a in a very yeah. very 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 long time. Um, uh, I was lucky enough to. Chris, I know you've met him before. I was, I was lucky enough to meet him on Wednesday, um, and he, he's an amazing guy. He, he really is. Um, yeah. uh, right, we've got about four four questions. Quickly go through these. Sam Moore, how big a part do you think Lucas Moore will play in our run-in? Botch hasn't really let him off the leash yet. Well, he, he figured against Swansea a few weeks ago, um, but I think when you've got the likes of Ericsson, Delhi, Son... Lamella ahead of you, um, more players that are more um, established at the club and in our league, they're always going to get that nod in ahead of him. I th- as I said earlier, I think he's more one for next season. Yeah. yeah I, completely agree. I don't think he'll feature very much this season at all. I think it will be about August onwards, um, and then he'll, he'll feature quite heavily, I, I should imagine. Okay, um, Ali Hassan, I think we will finish second. This is um, the question was, was before the City Manchester United game. Where do you think we'll finish? I, I think third. But um, it's second's not off, but I, I think third. I think we'll finish third, and uh, it'll, it'll be a great, even though it's not exactly progress, I think it'll be a great showing for a season away from home and going into the next season. Yeah, I think it'd be second or third. I think if if we can get the three points against Manchester City next week, I think that would be a huge three points. Um, and then I can't really see us losing um, until the end of the season. So mm. if we can just keep keep picking up the points, keep keep winning them, keep grinding out those results, um, you know, until the last game of the season against Leicester, I think we'll we'll be uh, we'll be in second place. Yeah, I think I think probably I'd go for third, but second is. It's, it's within reach. We've got to do exactly that, Chris. We've, we've got to just keep on getting the results. Um, and if we keep doing that, I think somewhere along the line, I, United will will drop some points somewhere. I, I, they're not 
Look, they're second in the table, and they have been for most of the, most of the season, which you can't knock, and you can't knock the fact that they've gone and won a game at, at, at the Etihad yesterday. Um, but they're not a great side. They're not a great no. side, and 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 they have this vulnerability, and and I can see them dropping points in unexpected places. They could have dropped points against Palace a few weeks back. Okay, as it was, they didn't, but they were poor that first half. Um, Sam Moore, what does Jan Vertonghen need to do to get more recognition? He's been our player of the season, in my opinion, but the media never mention him. Well, I think the media and I think all of the, the Spurs fans, probably including myself, are quite guilty of the fact that we don't mention Jan Vertonghen as much as we should. Um, it always seems to be about the, the players that either create the goals like Ericsson or score the goals like Harry Kane, who we mention all the time. Um, but when you've got, you know, you, even Aaron said it all earlier about, you know, what, what Jan Vertonghen has been like all season. He's, he's been fantastic um, in the team all the time. Um, whoever he plays, uh, you know, partners at the back, um, great player, absolutely brilliant. You know, he he needs to – when's the last time he scored for us? He scored recently, didn't he? Or 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 did he get close? I don't remember. But I think, you know, a couple of those set-piece goals or a set-piece goal and he'll – he'll that seems to be the thing that gets the, 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 the press going and the recognition going. But he's uh, – He's precisely he's sort of becoming the embodiment of a Pochettino player, right? Just kind of quietly excellent. Um, and, uh, you know, so if he doesn't get the recognition, maybe the other big money teams aren't going to come knocking on his door. Mm. And that's okay by me. I'm sure, I'm sure he doesn't exactly. Exactly. If 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 the, if the press are mentioning him every week, then the press will just constantly be saying, "What team is he going to be signing for next?" So let's That's just right. leave him. Leave him yeah. alone. <laughs> leave him alone. It, it, yeah, he's, he's doing great. He goes about things in a very unassuming way. Um, now he's got a, a centre back partner um, that's maybe could be more described as a bit of a peacock. Um, I think that's a bit unfair, but you know, somebody that's a little bit more flamboyant a little bit more gets people's attention so I'm not talking about Davison Sanchez I'm talking about Toby Alderweireld um, and we've got one question on him from at Kemp Goodrich he says Toby tweets solid win by the team great performance of at Christian Eriksen 8 hashtag Coys hashtag THFC what are your thoughts on a player's management team running their social media accounts um, before we address that question directly just very briefly, Chris, last week um, I discussed with Aaron on the pod um, about Toby Alderweireld and, and whether 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 he thought he would stay or go. In your opinion, is he gone? Please tell me otherwise. Please tell me he's going to stay because I'm a big fan of Toby Alderweireld. I think 100% he will not be a Spurs player next year. Damn. Um, I... If you look at Toby's Twitter and that last tweet that he put out about yesterday's performance, there are so many Spurs fans on there frustrated um, and now getting on Toby's back saying, we'll just sign a contract then. Um, we all don't know everything, what, what's happened. Um, but when you've got a player who is playing 90 minutes for Belgium and then he's not even in the squad to stoke away... 
Um, and in all these other games we've played, he hasn't played a league game in months. There's something seriously wrong. And for a player of that ability, who we all love and, and, and want at the club for many years to come, because he's one of the best defenders in the world, we all want him there. What on earth's going on? It must be because he's he is asking for a lot more money than Tottenham want to give. And there must be a huge fallout. But for someone who is tweeting constantly after every time that we win, um, it seems like he support it. he's supporting the club. But if you're supporting the club, then sign the contract. Alistair Gold has an article his, his in his like five talking points from the game. He he sort of did a one could say it's a slightly reading between the lines. It's not slightly. It's completely. He's one hundred percent reading between the lines of Pacha's statement after the game in regards to the rotation and. Um, Poch said uh, we, that they had to rotate for different reasons. Uh, a couple of players retired. We can't take the risk. And then he says, um, when we have players like Serge Aurier who is working hard, why not give them the possibility? That doesn't mean I wasn't happy with Kieran or with Dyer or Lamella or with Ben Davis. The most important thing is the team, is the club. And if the players work hard and deserve to play and keep pushing when they're not playing and their behavior is good, of course we are a coaching staff, a manager that are going to give the opportunity to play. And Alistair's point is he doesn't in that list mention toby at all and so either we take away that toby still isn't fit right he's still not um he's still not ready to 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 play a full 90 or even play 60 or he's saying that his attitude is just wrong and um you know if, if if it's the if it's the former that he's not fit then it's very hard to award him with a new large non-incentive-based contract, right, as we've all said, because if he's that injured and he's that prone to injury, why would we give him that kind of contract? And if his attitude is wrong, well, we've seen what's happened. And I think there's just, I think the the writing is on the wall. Like, he's, unless tomorrow he signs uh, uh, or he completely changes his tune about what kind of contract he wants, I think he's gone. And I'm starting to feel more and more okay with that. Yeah, I think I'm living in denial because my head says he's off, but my heart says he's staying, and I'm I know I'm clutching at straws, but um, I'm really hoping I'm really 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 hoping that come the end of the season, Levy the club and um, Toby and his representatives will sit down and and meet halfway and thrash out a deal, but the uh, the writing on the wall appears to be there and, and the signs don't look good. There's certainly no precedence right now under Pochettino's reign that that happens, right? Um, the precedence is you you go on strike and you're gone. Or you complain or you don't show that level of commitment and you're gone. Mm. And as I said earlier about Levy, like if we if if we you know if we support that, we support his project, then we support him in Poch we trust, right? That's He's right. He, he's got to be right about that. Okay, final question. It's not in the running order. Late entry, um, and it's on a, on a lighter note, not necessarily Spurs-rated question. Ed Brad, can you think of any really successful ginger players? Ginger? Yeah. What, Spurs? Just generally. It doesn't have to be a Spurs player. Uh, Paul Scholes. Yeah, that's the one Paul that comes to mind. There you go. <laughs> 
Um, Jan, if you look at his beard when he grows a little grows a beard, um, the hair's a ginger. So does that count? If we're talking we're talking about Spurs player. Um, Danny Rose dyed his hair red, right? Was it? Yeah. <laughs> it was, there was a good game. There was there was famously the ginger Pele who played for Spurs, um, Gary Doherty, but um, he wasn't particularly successful. Right. Um, the next podcast will be recorded um, a week today, next Sunday, a day after the Manchester City game. My guests I hope to have on that occasion will be David Fornell and Zoe Pearson. And until then, Aaron, thank you very much. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much indeed. And until next week, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the base are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.